You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. This week's edition of Assembly Call Radio is coming right up. Before we get to that, a quick word about tickets and about our sponsor, SeatGeek. You know, getting tickets online can be far too complicated, something that you've probably experienced. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. And that is why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There is nothing quite like being there in person. And SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. So whether you want to support the football Hoosiers for one of their remaining home dates or you want to plan ahead and get tickets to basketball games for this season, SeatGeek is the way to go. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone personally. It is by far the easiest way that I've found to shop for tickets. Um, And that's what I use when I want sports tickets, when I want concert tickets. And the reason why I use SeatGeek is, again, kind of what I mentioned about how they just make the experience easier than it is anywhere else. You know, SeatGeek will search multiple ticket sites. They grade every ticket based on a value, which is really nice. And that helps you really quickly identify the best seats that fit your budget. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence, which is really nice because sometimes you're on those other ticket sites. You don't feel quite as confident. And best of all, Assembly Call listeners get $20 off of your first SeatGeek purchase. So all you do is download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y today. That's promo code ASSEMBLY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. And now, here's this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important IU basketball stories from the past seven days. This is our 98th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 430th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, October 18th, 2018. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. This week's banner moment occurred Wednesday morning when CBS Sports dropped its list of the top 101 players in college basketball. Both Romeo and Juwan were on the list, Romeo at number 15 and Juwan at number 31. Here's the list of teams that also placed at least two players in the top 50. Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, Virginia, Gonzaga, Nevada, Michigan State. Look at any preseason top 25 and those teams are almost always somewhere in the top 10. 
Indiana is the outlier in terms of having two players on the list, but being a borderline top 25 team. Now, perhaps you think the preseason evaluations are wrong and Indiana should be ranked right alongside those schools, or perhaps you agree that the rest of the Hoosiers roster just isn't proven enough yet to warrant that kind of preseason respect. The right answer will probably end up being somewhere in the middle. But what is undeniable is that no matter how cohesive of a team unit you build, competing at the highest levels of college basketball requires having at least a couple and probably even one or two more of the best individual players in the country. The sad reality is that it's been a while, probably 2013, since Indiana was seen as having at least two such players entering a season. But this year, Romeo and Juwan should give Indiana a one-two punch that allows the Hoosiers to compete against every team on their schedule. And Indiana would be wise to take advantage this year because it's possible we may have to wait a year or two before having multiple players so high on this list again, depending on the development of guys like Justin Smith, Jerome Hunter, and others. Still, Archie Miller's recruiting success does suggest that multiple Indiana players appearing on such preseason lists in the future will become more of the norm than the exception. And that will be a good sign that Indiana is ready to consistently go toe-to-toe with the nation's best, just like it is this year. Okay, now let me introduce my esteemed co-host for this week's show. To my left, he is the Kirk Ferentz of Girls Youth Sports Coaching in Cincinnati, the president emeritus of the Robert Johnson Fan Club, and one of the world's most renowned bracketologists. It's not Joe Lenardi. It's not Jerry Palm. It is Andy Bottoms from over at Assembly Call. He is Andy Bottoms. Andy, what is your Bottoms line from the last week in IU basketball? You know, sometimes when you put the coach in there, I can't tell whether it's meant as a compliment or an insult. So it's unclear at this point. Well, after I last mean, week, it's based on that. La- <laughs> well, I know, but then he's like, but then he's kind of a jerk because he's throwing up, you know, some ungodly amount late in the fourth quarter. So maybe you think I'm a, I'm a poor sport. It's tough to, it's tough to say. Um, or that I have some kind of lifetime contract or, or something <laughs> like he does with Iowa or whatever's going on. So at any rate, um, that was that one was just in the gray area. I wasn't really sure. Uh, no, it's it's funny as we sit here on on Thursday, even though we're a little bit late. Two weeks from right now, we'll be doing our first uh, post game, true post game show. We did the Hoosier Hysteria show, but the uh, you know post game show for the exhibition game will be will be happening right at this time in in two weeks. So the you know we've only got fourteen days left to you know kind of find ways to spend our time and and get ready. And we too, like the team, will 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 work through the kinks and the. Uh, after the exhibition game, but uh, exciting to know that that's not too far away on the schedule and um, get our first real glimpse of these guys playing against somebody other than themselves in, uh, you know, in spliced together footage on social media. So uh, the, the beginning of the season has nearly arrived and it's one that we've been waiting for. And as we have, you know, interacted with fans and things like that, I think uh, the excitement for this uh, is right up there for me with what the, as excited as people were when they were the you know preseason number one a few years ago, which seems a little bit odd for a team that nobody's really picking to win the Big Ten uh, compared to that, but I, I would I would say in the years we've been doing the show, I think the the fan excitement and interest level certainly rivals what it was, uh, you know, a handful of years ago. Yeah. And to my right, he is a columnist for the big lead and a co-host of The Hangover, but you know him as Indiana Radio's most opinionated, polarizing, over-the-top personality. I pretty much have an opinion on everything. He is Ryan Phillips. If you don't fawn all over him. He pretty much ostracizes you. Ryan, do you have any indignant and or petty rants for us this week? Yeah, I want to get to the poll at some point that you put out this week. But uh, I uh, I think the big news of the week, honestly, and it's not specifically Indiana related, is, is the stuff that came out from this college basketball corruption trial. And we've got news that 
players like Zion Williamson were looking for money. And I think that that relates back to Duke. And, and you have to realize, I think, we're starting to get to the point with this that while some people may not be mentioned specifically in this Adidas trial, what we've learned from this is that nobody, even college basketball's sacred cow down there in Durham, is clean in this. And, and and this is the way that business has been done in college basketball in a long time for a long time. And, and the whole thing needs to be cleaned up. And, and uh, I, you know, I know a lot of people were fearing what would come out from this trial and how it would damage college basketball. I think it's a good thing because I think it's exposing a lot of stuff that needed to be out in the open. And uh, it's finally exposing certain people for the hypocrites. They really are. So uh, I'm certain sure we'll, people, Certain people. Uh, I'm sure we will talk about that as the year goes on uh, because I'm sure that more will come out. But I, I just think that that was worth watching this week as that trial winds down that I think a lot of things have, have popped up that uh, are, are, are targeting some people I don't think a lot of people thought would get dragged into this and now are. All right, here's what we're going to talk about this week. The NBA announced a major initiative with the G League that could change the calculus for elite high school seniors trying to decide their next step. We'll discuss that. Coach K made some ridiculous comments. We have to get Ryan's reaction to those. And then in the first installment of a new segment called Ryan's Being Stupid Again, we're going to debate him on the assertion he's made several times on this show that Indiana may actually I did not agree to this segment, by the way. It's, <laughs> I, I did not agree to the segment title. Well, that actually came from an email from a listener. So out of respect for the listener, since it was his idea, we had to call the segment that. So no truth to the rumor that listener was my dad or anything like that. I don't want anything or, no. or one of my burner accounts either. No, no truth. Uh, and then with whatever time we have left, we will answer your questions. All of that coming on this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio. Before we do all that, before we get to this week's top story, I want to remind you real quick about the best way to shop online for great deals on IU basketball and football tickets. Just remember the URL iutickets.shop. It will take you right to SeatGeek, where you can immediately find the best deals on IU basketball tickets, other sports tickets, concert tickets, and more. As a bonus, you can use the promo code ASSEMBLY to get $20 off your first purchase. And when you use that URL iutickets.shop, we actually get paid a commission for referring you. So it is a great way to support the show. Coach, I'm wondering if you might have any ideas what we could do with the extra revenue that we're going to get from people using iutickets.shop. Beer, cheese, curds, and music. It doesn't get any better. Works for me. Beer, cheese, curds, and music. But first, you need to buy tickets. And the best way to do it is with the URL iutickets.shop. And remember, promo code ASSEMBLY for $20 off your first purchase. Again, it is iutickets.shop. Thank you. Okay, guys, so let's talk about the top story which broke earlier today. ESPN's Jonathan Gavoni reported that starting in the summer of 2019, the G League will offer what they are calling select contracts worth $125,000 for that first year to elite prospects who are at least 18 years old but not yet eligible for the NBA draft. As Gavoni explained it, they will target recent or would-be high school graduates who otherwise would have likely spent just one season playing college basketball, the so-called one-and-dones, enticing them not only with the six-figure salary, but then you know the opportunities to benefit from NBA infrastructure, off-court development programs, and you know just, I guess, the prestige of being a professional, um, although you could certainly debate whether there's more prestige being a high-profile player at a big-time college program 
or in the and G whether League. you'll whether you'll actually get more money. Yeah, <clears throat> well, that is, and what's funny about that is obviously lots of reactions came out. Adrian Wojnarowski had a really good one. He said, "I have doubts about how many top players will go this route. Some yes, but G League is full of early connecting flights, long bus rides, small gyms. It isn't glamorous. Big time NCAA ball still has the trappings of exposure, packed houses, private jets, and you'll get paid there too." So it's interesting. It's certainly an interesting development, maybe suggestive of a bigger initiative to come. I don't know. Maybe this is the first step of something bigger. But Ryan, how did this strike you when you heard the news? And how big of an impact do you think it'll actually have on guys bypassing college and taking this route? I think it's a step in the right direction, or maybe they're moving in the right direction. But I don't think that this is going to lure guys. Um, I mean, some guys who maybe... Uh, are going to struggle in college academically may do it instead of going to, you know, you've seen some guys go play overseas now. Uh, but the fact that they'll get plucked and be able to play and, and all that stuff. Uh, sure. That'll be great. But I, I still think the top guys are going to go to college. And, and the reason why is, as you said, exposure, uh, you know, most of these schools, you, you think, well, the NBA has world-class facilities and all this. Well, the, the, the most of these, universities have the same level, if not better facilities than, than what the G league and NBA teams are going to give you. So I, I don't think there's a huge draw there. It's a step in the right direction to be able to say, okay, we'll pay you to skip college. And, and I've always thought the G league, I, what I thought the solution would be. And, and my suggestion for a while has been let high school kids go to the draft but they can't play in the NBA for the first year. They have to play in the G League. So you get your contract and you get all that stuff. And it's a risk for the NBA teams because you'll lose out basically on a year of usefulness. But you will be a professional. You'll be drafted, but you have to wait a year and play in the G League. I've kind of thought that was the path. This, you're not getting paid. You know, I mean, again, given what the shoe companies are dropping, $125,000 ain't that much. And, and, uh, so I think it's a step, sort of a move in the right direction, but I don't think it's going to be that big a lure for guys unless they were pondering skipping college anyway. Two other interesting points. I thought, you know, Rob Doster had an interesting one. Someone mentioned that, you know, hey, now maybe shoe companies can actually, you know, get, you know, above board deals with these guys. And as he said, well, the shoe deals, the shoe companies have a lot of money invested in the college program. So they're probably still going to want those players going to the college programs. And as Brian Snow said, you know, you said exposure. There's two different types of exposure, right? There's the exposure of being in the G League in front of NBA teams, but there's also the exposure of, oh, now you're playing against real men and you really get exposed for what you are, whereas you might be able to hide in college a little bit against kind of lesser players because they're not professionals. So sure. And and there's the there's the idea of playing in college you're going to be playing in more high pressure situations than you are in the G League too, you yeah. know? So there's kind of, or at least perceived pressure situations and all that. So I, I don't know. Andy, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I thought the exposure thing was interesting because you think about a guy like Hamadou Diallo that went to Kentucky. I mean, he was going to be the first kind of like, or the, he, they talked about him being like a nun and done where he enrolled early, was going to redshirt. And I think at the time, you know, even looking back now, you'd say he'd have been wiser to go in before he played a minute of college basketball and do it that way. Because what happened after that was people it kind of reaffirmed every fear they had about him where he was a super athlete, but couldn't shoot the ball, didn't really have a great basketball IQ. And so he ended up, you know, he still got drafted this year, but he fell a lot further. And I think a year prior would have gone a lot, a lot further. And that was with a guy who, you know, even kind of got exposed playing college basketball. 
uh, in that way. And so now you look at guys who are going to be, you know, going against guys who are really trying to earn their way into the the league. And for those guys, the light at the end of the tunnel for them is, hey, I might get called up to an NBA team this year. For these, you know, these guys, that's not a possibility in in, in their one year that's there. So there's a different level of motivation where everybody's going to be out to get these guys. So I, I mean, it's good for people to have the option that want to do that and, and that, you know, college isn't for them. Um, I think that's fine. I just don't know that it's a, you know, it's just an obvious choice that a lot of people are going to take. And I think until a couple of people do it and they see that it can work out, I don't really know that the Darius Basley or, or Basley was going to do that. But now it sounds like even he's going to skip the, the G League where he was going to go to Syracuse. Then he was going to go to the G League. Now it doesn't sound like he's going to do that. He's just going to wait a year and enter the draft. And that was one of the things people said about that scenario as well. Yeah. Does he just go get exposed there and, and then he ends up hurting himself in the long run? So I think we all kind of agree. I mean, it's interesting. It's nice to have the option, but probably not going to have that big of an impact, really, except maybe setting the going rate for top players. As, as Coach said in the chat, 125000 or I'm going to the G League, <laughs> you know, to, uh, to the colleges. So, you know, who knows? But I guess we're all pretty much in agreement with that, right? Yeah, I think they're they're sort of moving in the right direction, but it's going to take a lot more than that, I think, to lure guys uh, away from college and the exposure that you're yeah. going to get in college. Yep. Okay, uh, coming up G- on the assembly plus, call, I, let's, let's get to that in just a second, Ryan. Okay. Uh, we have to discuss the asinine and disingenuous comments that Coach K made this week in response to questions about the Jim Gatto Adidas trial in New York. Uh, Ryan, I'm guessing you'll have a thing or two to say about that, so stick with us here on the assembly call. listening to the assembly call if you want to get replays of our show listen to our daily banner morning iu news updates or subscribe to our free iu basketball email newsletter visit assemblycall.com and if you ever want to participate in our unedited live broadcast chat mobbers or watch those replays then check out our youtube channel you will be privy to all of the between segment banner that doesn't make it into the radio show or podcast edit it's just guys clowning around indeed come clown around with us on youtube youtube.com slash assembly call I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms. And guys, I'm sure you've been following, just like I have, and a lot of our audience, the first of the three trials uh, resulting from the FBI investigation that have been going that has been going on um, in New York. Closing arguments were actually delivered on Thursday. And this trial has really laid bare a lot of what we've all assumed was kind of going on in college basketball for a long time, with shoe companies paying players to go to sh- certain schools and even the schools themselves offering money for players. And, you know, what has been a little bit surprising, I suppose, is how many big current names in the sport have been brought into it, most notably Bill Self in Kansas, you know, also Duke freshman Zion Williamson, you know, one of the latest names brought into it. And so with all of this going on, you know, you might expect the dean of college basketball coaches, Duke's Mike Krzyzewski, to, you know, have something thoughtful to say on the subject, right? No. If you missed it, here's basically what Coach K had to say when he was asked about this. He said, I think it's minute. It's a blip. It's not what's happening. And this basically echoed comments that Roy Williams made where he basically said, gall darn, he was dumbfounded. That world that they're explaining out there, that world that is on national news, I'm not familiar with, period. Number one, I know that you guys don't believe them. I don't think (laughs) anybody believes them. But, Brian, let's get your thoughts on this first. I mean, how... I guess what is even the purpose of being so disingenuous to, to 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 pretend like you don't even know that it's going on? I mean, it just 
I don't know. Like I read that, and I, I like it almost made me angry. <laughs> and should. I don't really get angry, but it almost made me angry that he would be, I guess, just that disrespectful to the people who care about college basketball and tune into that, and who you know make him this hero that he is. I don't know. It just it really rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, I've I've said this for a while, and over the last ten years, you've seen a shift in Mike Shishovsky, and I think it's always been there, but you're starting to see it seep in more and more, becoming more like his mentor, Bob Knight, and, and you've seen it in his irritation with the media at times. I mean, he's you know, you talk to people who deal with him on a daily basis, and one of the things he's really awful, he's horrible to student media in Durham. He's horrible to reporters that question him. You know, if you don't fall in line with whatever he does, if you challenge him on questions, he'll basically ostracize you. He'll rip you. He'll do whatever. Um, he is threatened to pull, you know, behind the scenes, threatened to pull credentials from people who question him and, and talk back to him and things like that. I mean, this is not, he's not the guy that's been built up in the media. He's a nice, and, and quite frankly, he could be the nicest guy in the world, but the way he deals with people professionally, I've always known this was there. And I think, and we've talked about it before repeatedly. And, Episode 366. And other people <laughs> have talked about it repeatedly. It's not just me. Um, but what I'll say is in this case, and I talked to Kent Sterling about this this week when I was on, you know, if one of these guys, one of these coaches would just step up and say, you know what? This is the way the game is played. I wish it wasn't. Uh, here's what I know. Everybody else is doing it. And, you know, I wish this wasn't this way and I'll try and stop it, but we all need to get together and do something about this and was just honest about it. And Everybody would respect that guy and be like, you know what? I get it. You have a contract. You have a family. You have to compete with these other guys. It's not your fault. Like, this is the way this has been built up. Let's work with a solution. But denying that it even happens or that you have any idea what it is, come on. You really think that Mike Krzyzewski is getting three out of the five, top five players in the country and not doing this stuff? Zion Williamson was asking for a house, uh, a job for his parents, money, all this stuff. And we're supposed to believe that he went to Duke for free? I mean, come on. It's the brotherhood. Like, the brotherhood of Duke, yeah, Ryan. Ex exactly, yeah. Um, Someone, One of these coaches needs to just pull a Pete Bell. From blue chips and just yeah. let it all out there. Just and, and I said this, it, 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 what I what I talked about it, and it's been compared to this a lot. But I've, I talked about this with Kent too. Is it's like the steroid era in baseball. If one of those guys had come out and said, "Yeah, I did steroids because I had to compete. I I was losing. I was going to lose money uh, as a free agent if I didn't do this and I didn't compete. That's money, you know, out of my. That's as food out of my family's mouth. Everybody would have respected that guy." And been like, yeah, we get it. Okay, sucks. Yeah, you're, you're in a tough situation. But like we and, all know, know like, now, this is how the game is played. You know, like everybody, yeah. everybody understands. And and calling it a blip or acting like you're not concerned or you're not—it's not, it's not what's happening. It's like shut up. Like, are you? It's gaslighting. I mean, it's just like it's like yeah. nope, nope, nothing to see here. Like you know, I don't know what they're talking about. I I have not been reading about this every day, praying that my name doesn't show up. Nope, that's not me. <laughs> Like, come on, every college coach in the country is checking this every morning to make sure, oh, God, please don't be, even if they're innocent, they're checking it to make sure there's no, like, they're not going to catch any shrapnel from this bomb. Uh, but no, I, I just, it's, it's so disingenuous, but it's it, honestly, it's exactly what I expected from Mike Krzyzewski. Well, I mean, there, there's, there's essentially two options, right? If you're saying something like that, you, you either are, 
you're either willfully ignorant of what's going on and or you're lying to everybody and and there's when you no listen to, chance they're ignorant no well that's what i'm saying and so then you look at these guys who have such control over these programs and the way they act there's you know option a of the scenarios that i laid out is absolutely not even feasible to me so yeah this is the thing when you know patino comes on and it's like oh i'm dumbfounded by this i'm floored by this i'm flabbergasted i had no idea that this kind of thing was going on like you're just you just must think people are as dumb as as humanly possible to actually believe that you don't know that that's going on uh which is insulting as as you said or you're just lying to everybody which is really the far more likely of those two scenarios and you're just hoping that you know your name's not going to get caught up caught up in it um which feels for virtually everyone inevitable at, at this point hey you know arrogance cuts both ways it can it can be a driver of great success and it can also be a reason why you know you would lie like this and 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 act like you can just tell whatever story you want publicly as if people don't know that you're straight up lying to their face. I like to feel well. That the same thing. My- Duke has the Lance Thomas thing, and I think wasn't it William Avery? Wasn't he caught up in some of that stuff? Or yeah, Maggette and, and all those guys. Yeah. No. So some of this, just it's like blips. you can't all even blips. say that this is never even brought up with your with your program to to a point where you you can't acknowledge that it's happening. Like there have been allegations of those kinds of things already. For so, years, any top program is going to have allegations like that because that's the way the freaking game is played. By the way, I, I like to think that my arrogance is a driver of success. That, that's fair, right? Would you guys say? It's, <laughs> sorry. It, I mean, yes. Thank you. But okay, <laughs> but you don't come on here and lie to our audience's face. And if you did, you you know, we wouldn't want you on the show. Like that's that's the difference. You know, these people, uh, you know, they, they come on there in these press conferences and they just act like that's okay to just come. And I realize, you know, that's kind of part of the job as you. And it's, and no one's ever going to call them out and be like, you're just a straight liar in a press conference because <laughs> they are who they are. And, and because they bully they people. So much, exactly. And they have so much power that they can tell you, oh, you, you're going to challenge me. You don't get a credential anymore. I mean, you know, they have the power to do that. So, I mean, Coach K is on a commercial every five minutes during the during March Madness. Like, you really think that the NCAA is going to go after that guy? Yeah. Well, and, and like Dockage said, you know, these guys get up and they preach about, about leadership. And then when push comes to shove, it's the last thing that they actually show. Yep. Okay, coming up, those of you listening big, big on the radio the show, Friday definitely. night, big fan. Maybe switching over to high school football, so be sure to catch the replay at assemblycall.com. For everyone else, we're introducing a new segment. Ryan doesn't like the name. Stick with us here on the Assembly Call. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. If you are a serious IU Hoops fan, then you need to be subscribed to our free IU Basketball email newsletter. There's a high-level operation going on out there. You will get our six-banner Sunday news roundups, as well as our detailed post-game analysis emails once the season begins. This content is why more than 6,000 of your fellow IU fans are already subscribed to our list. And joining them is easy. Just text IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. That's IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. Make no excuses. Can we get some basketball, please? All right, back to talking basketball with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms. I'm Jared Morris. So, Ryan, a a listener took you to task. I received an email, uh, and I, I want to read it here. And this is going to be the jumping off point for this segment. 
We won't say that this segment is officially called Ryan's Being Stupid Again. We'll just use that as the tentative name for tonight. And that is not something that I came up with or that Andy came up with. This was actually an email from Steve. The subject was Ryan's Being Stupid Again, and here is the email. He said, I've heard on at least two occasions Ryan say, with no rationale to back it up, boy, next year we might be even better. Dude, I love you, but slow your roll. Next year, we lose what, in my opinion, will be the backbone of our scoring, Jawan, Romeo, and Evan, who's replacing all those buckets next year. Yes, the freshman will be second-year guys, and that's a huge step up, but ask Ryan where three guaranteed double-digit scores next year are coming from. Yes, he can start his list with Justin Smith. So, Ryan, we will allow you to make your opening statement, because I will say that I've, I've heard you make this claim before on the show, and I've always, and on Kent Sterling's show as well, and it's always struck me as a little bit curious, but not worth necessarily opening up a debate about, but I think it'll be fun because I don't necessarily agree with you. Uh, but let's hear your opening statement. And then, and Andy, I don't know how you feel about it, although I have a, a hunch. Um, and then we'll debate it. By the way, Evan Fitzner is a part of the backbone of the team. When, when did that happen? Like, no, I, he said it, backbone of our scoring. I mean, he's going to okay. shoot 40 plus percent from downtown. That's no, I, I agree, but he may not even start like, I, and, and we're, we're, betting on a lot there i'm not saying it won't be good but come on all right here's why i think that that will be this this will come to pass and you lose romeo you lose Juwan. obviously huge misses you also could be getting trace jackson davis and keon brooks or add your five-star amazing player there plus you will have a senior point guard in Devonte green you will have a sophomore really good distributing guard in Rob Finnessy. You'll have Deron Davis as a uh, as a senior, assuming you know everything goes well this year. You'll be a senior. You'll have Justin Smith as a junior. You'll have Jerome Hunter developed as well. You'll have a shooter in Demise Anderson a year into the program. You'll have Race Thompson, who we all think is going to be really, really good in his second full year. You will have a guy in Clifton Moore who, I mean, super high ceiling. If he sticks around, maybe he becomes a, a scoring threat. Maybe he fills that Evan Fitzner role as a guy who can sort of play on the perimeter. He's not a, not a pure shooter, but can sort of play on the perimeter and has the size to get in there. And then you have a guy like Jake Forrester. You have, you know, all these guys will be a year older and there's so much talent there. They may not have the high end talent that they'll have this year, but they will have a bunch of really good players who can all play minutes, who can all do the things you need to do in the Big Ten. I yeah, I do believe. I think that this that that this team has more high ceiling players than they'll have next year. But it's not about the high ceiling players. It's about depth in college basketball now. It's about having a lot of guys who can do things. Plus, again, Justin Smith looks like he's headed to be a high ceiling player. Jerome Hunter, we all love and I think will be fantastic. And then you've got Rob Finnessy. You've got Race Thompson. You've got all these guys that you're beyond that and if you want high-end talent guess what trace jackson davis keon brooks whoever else will be added to that mix so yeah i i stick by that i think that this team has a really nice ceiling on it i think that the depth of the team will be so much better next year because these guys will all have a year in the system and i think that you know the biggest as we've always said there's a lot of freshmen on this team the best thing about freshmen is that they become sophomores and they'll be that much better andy do you want to take a stab at this first uh, it, yeah, I mean, I see where I'm kind of like you. I mean, I've heard him make this statement. I see where he's coming from. And we've all talked about how this class can be a foundational one for the program and, and how much we look forward to watching the guys outside of Romeo, you know, be three, four year, four year players. So in that regard, I get it. I think the, the biggest question that I have is, you know, certainly you're placing Juwan and Romeo. I think with in, in Juwan's case, you have 
a lot more guys lined up that you can yes at least think about hey this could they could replace him or replace him by committee i think is the more likely approach but you have a lot of front court depth of guys that are going to be around so that part i can get the part that i struggle with is the romeo piece of you know he's looked at this year because it's something that they didn't really have a year ago and there's nobody really like him on the roster unless all of a sudden you know hunter is able to play a little bit more of that two guard which is possible um unless you you know you do get keon brooks and maybe he's going to play you know as a bigger wing in the backcourt and things like that i think that's the just positionally if nothing else the the piece that makes me wonder can the ceiling for for next year's team with that you know kind of no obvious replacement or even replacement by committee for him can they really be better i mean like like, like i think with juan it's easy to say that you can replace him on paper because you look at guys like Justin and Jerome and like they've got similar measurables. Race Thompson. Yes. Okay. But what you lose with Jawan is your unquestioned leader. And how many times have we seen this program really struggle with leadership transitions? So that's my with question. With a different coach though. Okay. No, that's fine. And that's, that's fair. But still, who's the leader? Like right now with Juwan this year, they have an unquestioned leader who not only does it from a personality standpoint, but has some skins on the wall, like is a real player. You don't have anybody ready to step into that role next year. And granted, you know, part of that is because, you know, this year a lot of that leadership was taken up by Juwan, but also Zach McRoberts, a guy that we haven't mentioned yet. And I realize his talent doesn't overwhelm people. But, you know, there is something about the tone that he sets in practice. You're still going to have to replace that. And I, I think you can get more talented with, you know, with his minutes going to somebody else. But I think it's at least worth mentioning that that's another real leader, too. And that is one thing that this team has this year is two big-time leaders. And then, of course, just the prodigious scoring ability of Romeo Langford. So I, I think next year's team can be deep. But the other thing is, Ryan, you know, I think you listed out all the guys. And that's great. Like, the roster is going to be fine. Now put it into a lineup. Like, what's your lineup with with that team? Because I don't know, but I trust Archie to figure it out. Is well, is I guess that that's yeah, also but, but where that I doesn't, that doesn't make make any difference for this debate. That's what I'm saying. No, what I get is it, your lineup? But I'm saying, like, I think that's part of it, though, is that I trust the coaching to develop a leader. I, I trust the coaching staff to develop a leader. I trust Jawan to help develop a leader. You know, I don't think he's just going to be like I'm taking all the leadership and I'm not passing anything on. No, I, that's true. That's I, true. That's a good point. I, I, you know, so I trust them to develop that leadership. Yeah, you can't name it right now, but I trust that somebody will step up, and and I trust that this coaching staff will develop that. This coaching staff will develop players to fit in certain roles. Again, we've said they don't do a one through five point guard, shooting guard, wing, this, you know, whatever. It's it's a it's a sort of a, a mix of what they're going to do. And so you can get a guy, you, you look at Justin Smith and Jerome Hunter, and you're like, well, they're about the same size. They're about the same length. Are they going to take minutes from each other? No, they can both play at the same time. You can get Jake Forrester out there with Race Thompson. You could get these mix and match lineups because they're, they're getting versatile guys. If you want to talk about what's going to, yeah, Romeo Lankford is a NBA talent, high-end guy. That's almost impossible to replace no matter who you get. You're not going to replace. You're not going to specifically replace him. But what happens sometimes when you have a guy like that is you can be too reliant on a guy like that, and you can defer to a guy like that too much. We've seen that with Indiana before. So I would say that I think that it might actually. It. it, it I'm not saying. I, I, guess, hold, I guess we should see this team play with Romeo exactly. First and I'm not saying that having <laughs> Romeo holds you back. Like I know I, I some someone mentioned that one time when I was talking to them about it. But I'm saying that. You know, a guy like Jerome Hunter being able to develop this year and not be the number one option. I mean, if you watch that guy in high school, he's a legit 
high-end guy who is still developing. The fact that he gets to sit back and kind of develop this year and then try and step into the light next year, the fact that Justin Smith, I think we're all expecting a lot of him, but he doesn't have to be the number one option this year, gives those guys a chance to develop and become front-end guys. And if there's two of them, maybe you replace what Romeo could provide. And if you've got Race Thompson and Forrester and Deron Davis and all these other combinations of guys, maybe they replace the production you got from uh, a, a guy like Juwan Morgan. But again, I think that part of it is my faith that again, a leader will emerge. Part of it is my faith that the coaching staff knows how to use all this talent. Part of it is my faith that they will recruit the next high-end talent. And part of it is my faith that these young guys who are freshmen are hungry and will develop and be better. And, and so, yeah, maybe not on paper, but they, they, it looks, it may be on paper. It doesn't look like next year they'll be better, but my faith in these guys. And I think that what I project happening is what makes it to me that they, and, and I've also, I've also always said not that they will be better, but they could be better based on what they have and what the roster has. Obviously, it's all a projection. Yeah. But I'm saying that if you look at the roster, they could be even better next year and, because of the, the disbursement of talent. And it's hard to project because, I mean, Devontae Obvious. Green could Obvious. be like an honorable mention All-Big Ten player this year, for all we know. And then yeah. you, know, you look at And then he's coming back year. for his so, senior year. Maybe there's your leader. Like, yeah, you know, so, we don't know. Yeah, so that, and, and I will grant some of that. It just, to me, you have two you know, known quantities, which again is odd to say about Romeo, but you know his talent, you know, to build around what you want in Romeo. Next year's team just projects to have a lot more question marks, it seems like. So we'll see. Like, I'm not saying that I think things are going to fall it, off a cliff like they did, you know, in the previous era. Right. I mean, I think we'll be really good next year. I just don't think that we'll be I, projecting it forward. It's hard for me to see how we'll be right. as good as we and, are this and, year, and but... Quite frankly, in three months, we could be looking at this and being like, oh, my God, they're going to be amazing next year. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, Or we could be looking at, ooh, how are they going to fill this, that, and the other? I'm obviously projecting at where the, the level of depth is going to be on the team and projecting that possibly a high-end talent or two is going to come in to add to that. And again, relying on the coaching and, and the leadership to emerge. You're listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms. Andy, hop in here. Uh, I mean, I just think this is the the beauty of sports, where we can debate uh, the merits of a team that we've never seen play against a team that we have no idea what the roster will look like. So, <laughs> a team that yeah. we've never seen play, like, and nine a team guys that will could transfer. Them. We don't know. Yeah. Like, oh my god, yeah, what I could know. go wrong? It seems like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. When when Dane Fife is coaching the team next year, and you know, that's a whole oh, new god. roster. We're gonna Stop we're it. gonna reflect back on this conversation and be like, why did we waste fifteen minutes of people's time <laughs> debating these two teams? <laughs> Um, I will say, Ryan, I will say in the chat, it's about even. It's a, it seems about split. And I feel like a couple of people have actually been swayed. They've said that you have a good argument. We've got Ryan is spitting fire. Great argument. So some people are agreeing with you. So, but So half the people agree with me and half the people are wrong is what you're saying? There we are. <laughs> no. Yeah, I knew that <laughs> I was coming. Throw, I had to throw that out. I'm sorry. People. We sorry, knew people. that was coming. Um, hey, you know what? After yesterday, I'm, I'm on a roll, guys. You are on a roll. You are in a role. Um, so anyway, so that was the that was the first segment of Ryan's being stupid again, um, but perhaps a misnomer because I you know you did present some good arguments. I still think you're wrong, and I don't. I think you're you're being uh, let's overly optimistic in every case to project that at least as far as I look at it. But you know you made you made more of a reasonable argument than I thought you would. So I'll at least give you that. Any, okay. Would you like to make a closing statement? 
I, I'm right. I think I'm right. No, I. Brian's look, I, wrong. Oh, uh, that's a great drop. <laughs> how dare you, Megan? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I just I, look. Obviously, it's a projection, and it's it's a lot of it is based on my faith in the recruiting, my faith in the development staff, my faith in these freshmen being hungry. I think this the thing I love about this class coming in. These guys all seem hungry. Like they really want. Not only. Do they want to be great? They want to get better and and and, and be a part of something. And, and I think that I, I, this group gets brought up a lot, but the movement that it, group, the recruiting group that came in, they got on campus and it just never felt like they had that gear to get to the next level. And these guys do. And, and we've seen it all offseason. We've heard it all offseason. We've heard them talking about it all offseason. They want to be like a legendary class. And, and there's something to be said for that when these guys are challenging each other. You know, it's not just about getting better yourself. It's about making the guy next to you better because then when that guy gets better, he makes you better. And, and so I, I just feel like there's something special about this group and, and what they're bringing. And I think they have a built-in leader in Rob Fennessy as well, too. So we'll, we'll I do agree we'll with see. that. Yeah. I thought we agreed never to mention the movement again. Well, maybe you agree to that. I don't know. I don't pay attention. I don't it's a pay cautionary attention. Tale. I don't. I don't pay attention. Ryan just talks. Are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, I don't pay attention when you're talking. Ryan. Ryan just talks and then takes his earphones out when when other people are talking. Exactly. Yeah. I just, just turn it off. Just chimes in and we point at him. Uh, okay. I felt like we had an amazing conversation on all levels. Thank you, Archie. Appreciate that. Um, all right, coming up in our final segment, we're going to answer your questions, and we've got a lot of time to do so, too, uh, including what would surprise us most this season, what record will win the Big Ten, uh, and if this team could actually be better than the 2018, and a bunch more. That's next. Stick with us. listening to the assembly call we are wrapping up another week of talking iu basketball i'm jared morris here with ryan phillips and andy bottoms and as is our custom here in segment number four we're going to answer your questions you can always send us questions uh, on twitter in our new assembly call community or you can leave us a voicemail with a question throughout the week at 317-762-6253 that's 317-ROB-MAKE and we've got actually a couple left over from last week that I want to get to. So this first one, guys, is from East Coast Hoosier, who says, not counting potential NCAA tournament results, what would surprise you the most if it happened this season? And that could be a positive surprise or a negative surprise, but just not necessarily like results-wise. Um, Andy, what would surprise you the most this year? I I guess I would say, well, I mean, I'd certainly be surprised if they, I, I know it said not counting NCAA tournament results, but I would be surprised if they didn't make the tournament at all. Like to me, that would be yeah. a pretty surprising development. And I would even say, like, I think Sports Illustrated released their Big Ten preview today and they just go by their like one to 353 now rankings and it had IU six. Like that, that would surprise me to, to not be in the top four or five in the, in the league. Um, so I guess those would be the things from a, a results standpoint. I didn't uh, nothing individual player wise came to mind, but um, maybe maybe that I would be surprised if neither Romeo or Juwan made first team All Big Ten. I think maybe you could argue not both of them would, but I I would be stunned if one of them did not. Ryan, what would surprise you? I, I agree with with Andy. I think it's if you're you're not in the top four in the Big Ten, I think that would be a shock. Uh, I just think that 
I, I, I know we've been wrong about the Big Ten the last couple of, Everybody has. They've been like, oh, it's down this year, and it's great. And it's up this year, and it's down. I, I, but this year, it just looks like there's an opening to be really good and, and, and to you know really take a shot and stab at the top of the conference. So that, that would surprise me if they're not top four. Yeah, I would be surprised. I would be I don't know how you define a breakout, but I would be surprised if Justin Smith doesn't break out. Like I'd be surprised if he's not a guy who at least is averaging close to double digits and probably pulling in five, six rebounds and a guy where we look at and say what he really like took it to the next level. I think that would You expect to be able me. to rely on him though, like consistency yes. wise? Yes. Okay. I think he'll I think he will be a more consistent player. And I think we saw it toward the end of last year. So I expect a continuation of that. And it's hard to really say that you'd be surprised about anything from a freshman either way because we know how volatile freshmen can be. I will be surprised if Rob Finnessy is not a guy by Big Ten play that we're relying on for 12 to 15 minutes a game, maybe more. Like I think he, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if he's starting. Um, this doesn't mean that I'm off the Devontae Green train, but I just think Rob has really impressed everybody and everything you hear is positive. And, you know, we know what kind of maturity he has. And I think physically he's even more ready to play maybe than people thought. So especially when you hear Archie talk about how far along his defense is. So I would be surprised, even as a freshman, if he's not a guy you can really count on in Big Ten play. Those would be the the two things I would say. Um, good question, East Coast. Um, okay, this next question is from Joel. Andy, I'll send this to you, and for, to, to you first. Will 15-5 and five win the Big Ten regular season? Of course, it's now a 20-game league schedule. Um, you know, just when you, if, just for some context here, here are the records for the Big Ten champions going back, uh, f- starting from last year. And 2018, Michigan State was 16 and two. 2017, Purdue was 14 and four. 2016, Indiana 15 and three. 2015, Wisconsin 16 and two. Then you go 15 and three, 14 and four, 13 and five, 16 and two. So that's what it's been for about the last eight years. What would you do? You think 15 and five will be enough, or do you think someone's going to have to get to 16 or 17 to win it? Uh, I don't think that would win it outright. I would feel relatively com- comfortable saying that, but I think you could see a tie for it at 15 and five. If for no other, and I don't know that I'd say that in a lot of years, but I think in a year like this, where, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, you know, I think everybody's going with Michigan state to win it almost by default based on talent level and, and Tom Izzo, but I don't see them being head and shoulders above everybody else. And then we talked about how crowded that, you know, those next tiers were and and you could see teams kind of beating up on one another within there. So I haven't looked at how the unbalanced schedule might affect that. Obviously a little bit less um, because now you've got a couple more conference games, but um, I could see that maybe splitting the regular season championship, but I don't think, I don't think outright, but I think it's somewhat unique to, to the makeup of the league this year. Ryan, anything to add on that one? Yeah, I think that you're t- you're aiming at 16 wins if you want to win the conference this year. I think that that is the aim. I agree with Andy. I think you could probably win it in a tie at 15 and five, but you're aiming for 16. And that, that's if you want to win the conference, you got to figure out a way to get to 16 wins. I think that's the projection. Of course, anything can happen. It's volatile. It's a new. I mean, this is the first time anybody's going to be playing 20 conference games, so we don't know how that's going to shake out. Uh, but I would say, yeah, you're aiming for 16 wins. That's the goal if you want to win the conference. And 15 could probably get you a win at a tie uh, as, as a not outright title. You're listening to Assembly Call Radio. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms. We are answering listener questions here as we wrap up another week talking IU basketball. You know, one of the things that's happened ever since Romeo committed is people have drawn parallels between this year's team and the 2018. That team had Eric Gordon, who was the last 
you know, recruit kind of the stature of Romeo uh, who came to Indiana. And they also had DJ White, you know, one of the top 30, 40 players in Indiana history. So the parallels between Romeo and Juwan were quite clear. And so we got this question on Twitter. This roster seems similar with an experienced forward and a young five-star shooting guard to the 2008 team. They ended with a 25-8 and record. Could this team be that good minus the year-end debacle? And again, that was the team that was 17-1. and They were ranked, I think, as high as seventh in the country. And then the bottom just fell out when all the Samson nonsense happened. And uh, Dan Dock, big fan of the show, Dan Dockage, took over uh, for the sure. final seven games of the year. So, Ryan, as you reflect back on that team, which, how do you think this team stacks up to that team? Especially when you look at the other guys on the roster. It's an easy comparison to make. I think this team has more depth. Uh, I think the team is this team is more athletic. Uh, it's going to be hard to know exactly what you've got with this team again until you see him roll out and you see these guys through how the rotations work out and things like that. You've got on this list that you think Gordon is better than Romeo. I think Gordon was a better scorer than Romeo is going to be, but I think Romeo is a better all-around player. Um, so, but but that again is kind of a wash because Gordon is, I think, was one of the best pure scorers to come out of high school in a long, long time. Gordon was and also hurt for the second half of the year, which kind of stuck yeah. for him. But I, so I think Romeo might be a better all-around player, maybe not uh, as as big statistic. He won't, may not have the statistical year that Gordon had. Uh, I do agree that DJ White better than Jawan Morgan, uh, as you said, one of the top 30, 40 players in IU history. And one of and, the most, and if you gasp at that, go back and look at DJ's numbers. Yeah, he was no, really one good. Of most, one of the most underrated players to ever play at Indiana. Yeah. And remember, he missed a year where he would have been amazing in, in that that year uh, across from Killingsworth and all those other guys, Robert Vaden and whatever. He would have been amazing that year, and he missed it because he hurt his foot. Uh, you've got Armand Bassett over IU's guards. At that point, Armand was decent. He wasn't what he became when he transferred. So he I think shot forty five percent from three point range. Yeah, no, he was and, a great shooter, and he really did contribute that year. But I think that the and maybe individually one on one he's better than I use guards. But I think there's more depth for I use guards this year. So yes, but that there's is the more depth. Yeah, that is a fair comparison though. If you're looking at a team to compare this to, I think that's a fair comparison. And then you look at the ceiling that team had and and where they could have gone if not for the meltdown at the end of the year. Uh, I think that's that's a projection where you're looking at okay, yeah, this team can sort of live up to that. Can it live up to that? And that's that's sort of a goal to live up to. That team, uh, quite frankly, that IU team should have won the Big Ten that year. Absolutely, 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, they should have had a one or two seed. I mean, that's what they were That's what they yep. were kind of on track for before the bottom fell out. Yeah, exactly. Andy, do you agree with that general assessment of that comparison? Yeah, I mean, I, it's yeah, it feels like an easy one to make based on that. And, and yeah, I think you had yeah, you had a lot of Juco guys and, and at least some older players that were you know, role players and guys coming off the bench for that, um, that 07, 08 team versus a lot of guys I use going to be counting on. And those roles are going to be freshmen, albeit ones I would, I would think we all believe are more talented. So, yes, certainly. um, it's a, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a kind of an odd mix, you know, maybe the, you know, the highs of the one team are a little bit higher in terms of the top end talent, but I think, you know, depth top to bottom is, is probably better for this year. You said this year's team is more athletic. Are you underrating the athletic ability of DeAndre Thomas and Mike White? And some I, of those I do not believe it is possible out? to underrate the athletic ability of DeAndre Thomas. <laughs> no. Um, let's see. Okay. Abe says, what effect, if any, do you think Juwan and Romeo being named to preseason watch list will have on the team's expectations? Uh, correct me. I mean, do you guys, I, I don't think it really changes anything about the expectations. That's zero. You would assume. Change. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, they're clearly in the top 20 at their position. So I don't think that really yes. changes anything. 
Um, if you had to guess, when do you think Trace Jackson Davis will make his announcement on college he will be attending? You know, Whenever no, Trace Jackson Davis is comfortable with making that decision is my yeah. answer. I, I mean, mean, the you know, I think he's going to sign in the early period, which is November 14th through the 21st. So I think it'll certainly be by then. Everybody that you kind of hear and read says sometime late October, and we're kind of getting there. So I would just kind of be ready at any point, really. I think the clock is ticking now. He's taken all of his official visits. So I would uh, I would just keep your eye on Twitter. Um, cause you know, I don't know if an actual announcement will be set up, but I guess time will tell about that. Um, then maybe we can end on this question from our friends at the Hoosier sound. What is one thing that you are all looking forward to the most as the season is about to start? So maybe let's say one kind of underrated thing or something that we haven't really talked about that much that you're really looking forward to as the season is about to start, Andy, besides of course, <laughs> us being able to hang out like four times a week. Oh, that's, oh yeah. That's, <laughs> that's going to be great guys. <laughs> Yeah, that goes without saying. Um, the chemistry uh, that the three of you have. <laughs> just trail off after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to see how all these new pieces fit together. I don't, I don't know that that's an under the radar thing to, to look at, but uh, it, you know, to me, I think that's the biggest challenge for the coaching staff is you have a lot of talent. We've all talked about that, but how does it all fit together and, and how does the rotation shake itself out? And that'll take time uh, and we'll figure out what that looks like in the end. But to me, being able to figure out how it's all going to come together and, and can it come together to be as good as we all hope that it will be uh, is what I'll be looking at, particularly in the non-conference part of the season. Ryan? I, I, I'm interested to see how Archie Miller deals with having this much talent. He's never had this much talent before. Uh, you know, He's never had these many guys who can contribute on a high level in college basketball at his disposal. How does he use it? Some guys mess that up, uh, you know, they just because they, they don't know how to use it. How do you have, but you know, does he have a plan? I'm sure he does, but what is his he has plan, a plan does, for everything? Exactly. No, but it's, that's the question you ask is, okay, what's his plan? What is he going to do? How's he going to display this? How's he going to deploy these guys? That's fascinating to me because sometimes there have been times where teams have too much talent, where guys don't get enough minutes they don't get into a rhythm. They don't find their way. And really talented guys fall out of favor or whatever because of it. How does Archie prevent that from happening? How does he make it so everybody feels like they're a part of this team and everybody feels you know, in the mix and ready to go? Yep. All righty. Well, that will do it for us on this week's episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Or you can always subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you next week. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. 
And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support the assembly call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years older to purchase player client. Real estate agents have the power to adjust their client's approval letter amount in real time using Rocket Pro Insight. Sign up today at rocketpro.com slash real estate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. MLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030.